How we rolling? The uh, hour number two. Puck and gas from the uh, Carter Volkswagen studio. Brian DeLunis is going to join us this hour. He is the Mariners bullpen coach. And then Brian Kenny also in our next segment from the MLB Network, host of, uh, of all things. we got to ask him right off the bat about the Harold Reynolds comments. We'll see if he agrees with his partner over there at the MLB Network that uh, the Mariners are better off without Robinson Cano. Yeah, I like Harold a lot, and and I see what he's trying to say, but I stand by my point yesterday that I think I was making right when the golf ball whizzed by my head, which oh, is I think there are 30 managers in Major League Baseball, and I think all 30 of them would say, I want to add Cano to my roster on August 15th, even if I can't have him after September 30th. I think every manager would want that. Guess let me ask you, if the golf ball had hit you yesterday, knocked you out, of the group there, who would you want to uh, to to bring you back? Perform CPR on you, oh, resuscitate boy. you. Boy, I, I mean, I'll I'll go just because they they would have brought some of that tasty Tito's You're vodka. Damn over. right, I that's a great answer. Tito's vodka. I think they both looked like they were uh, fluent in first aid. Did, uh, is that why you went back there so much? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I was over there. I, I, you know, I like to, I like to be a man of the people. Oh, I chatted with the the thirteen points people too. Oh, they were wonderful. And then they were. everybody, it was fun. That was a fun couple of days. It's neat to see, yeah. like I said, from 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 just an idea all those years ago. It's neat to see what this thing's become. All right, so uh, so we got uh, Brian DeLunis, uh, M's bullpen coach, and then uh, Brian Kenny, MLB Network, uh, going to be joining us in our next segment. Mems win yesterday, three to two. Uh, James Paxton gets the win. Uh, Eddie Diaz picked up his 29th save. He's on pace now for 57. He's got the bet with Scott Service. And if he gets 50, he's going to shave lightning bolts in the side of his head. So we all are we're hoping for that. Yeah, right. Hopefully Absolutely. That yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. Uh, but again, on pace for 57. It is our daily poll question that we've thrown up. Uh, with Diaz picking up his 29th save last night, he's on pace for 57. What is he going to end up with uh, this year? You can vote right now on Twitter, Jason Puck at 20. 40 or 42% say he'll get 50. Uh, 27% say he will get 60. 20, uh, 20% saying 49. And 11% of the voters come in with uh, 57. Right on what he's on pace for right now. Damn it, if he gets 60, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's. Wouldn't that be just real, real neat? Well, there's a lot of guys pacing to have tremendous years for this team, and uh, and they, they just keep rolling, and they, they've done it through some incredible adversity. Yeah. Uh, Wade LeBlanc is on the mound uh, later today. Alex Cobb is getting the nod there for Baltimore. So game three of that four-game series. I just tweeted out, if you want to read the groundbreaking, earth-shattering report coming out of Dallas uh, from Mike Fisher on Earl Thomas, who his source is telling him, quote, he'll be in somebody's training camp in July. Uh, we just tweeted it out. Jason Puckett, 20. If you want to read that uh, for yourself. World Cup update. We have no score between Switzerland and Croatia, correct? It's a World Cup date. It's a World Cup date. Who do we need in this one, Jackson? Do we need? Do we uh, well, need Gas here? needs Brazil to win. So basically, he's rooting for Costa Rica just as a precaution. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah, but well, what about the Switzerland Croatia game? Uh, oh, this is that's Costa Rica. You're looking. Oh, at. I'm, that's am I looking Costa, Costa Rica? Yeah, I'm easy sorry. mistake I'm to make. Idiot. No, no, easy mistake to make. That's Costa Rica. So he and needs yeah. he needs who again? A Costa Rica as a precaution, but more it's just Brazil take care of business. I don't think you should really get Costa Rica and Croatia confused. Bad, but you look up there and you could easily, you know, look, you're doing a few things over oh, here. You're, you're thinking about right. stuff. You, Costa Rica nearly scored. Yeah. How about that? Only, only yeah. Would be an upset. <laughs> Huge upset. Well, I need, I need you to lose teams. 
I need you out. I, you know, I can't. I, my, my, uh, so I, am I, you and I, I'm rooting against you today. I'm you, sorry. You know, maybe I'll, for Friday, for the last show, I'll wear my, my friend Aaron Reed, long time. He was the ECS president at one point, and he's a, a major soccer poo buy in town. You kiss his ring when you okay. discuss the sport. He gave me a button once that says, I know nothing about soccer, and I wear that occasionally. <laughs> and I might wear it Friday just to reinforce that. Yeah. Um, so that's the, uh, the update right now from the World Cup. Germany's out. Uh, Maradona's still coming down from his cocaine high, we think. Yeah. We, we don't know yet. I, what's the latest? I think he's okay after being rushed <laughs> to the hospital. He really, they rushed him to the hospital after, yes. yeah, that's. Well, you, do you see that? You saw the video of, oh, them, yeah. of yeah. bringing him out of the suite. Yeah. Or moving him, bringing him out of his seats to a different, uh, different suite. Right. He was, he was completely out of it. Right. He was obliterated. Just, just shoveling it up his nose for God's sakes. I, I mean, so who says to him, stop it or knock it off? I mean, it's well, like not hey, his buddies. I yeah. think they love, they <laughs> love being going. a part of it. Yeah. And the Soviet, the Russians, they probably, hey, yeah, everybody's having a good time. What do we care? I just love the double. We've had great double birds and single birds here recently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Him. Yeah. We had, uh, the, the, the NASCAR guy. Power is from a few years ago, okay. but then he wins the Indy 500 this year after we talked about it. So there was some sort of good luck charm to even been discussing the double birds. Bill Russell flips off uh, Charles Barkley at the uh, NBA Awards. I love that. There's yeah. just nothing better than a good bird, yeah, and especially a double bird. A double bird with piston action. When you yeah. get one of these going, yeah. is there's nothing better than a that. A double bird when you're coked out of your mind is, is really just the the kind of it it, it. it tops everything. Does he remember it? Do you think? No, I don't think he remembers it. Yeah. Not not a single thing. Good. Uh, we got to finally get to this. So Magic Johnson says he's going to step down. If they don't get any big-time free agents next year, July 1st is uh, when free agency begins. Uh, they uh, The big date is coming up here on Friday. That's when LeBron gets to inform uh, whether or not he's going to uh, opt out of his contract there with Cleveland, which pays him a gazillion dollars. But many think that he will opt out. Doesn't mean that he will leave Cleveland, but that um, the, the, the ball will be then put in motion to see what LeBron uh, will do. Will he, he really? He has very few options. Yeah. He could stay in Cleveland, which I think a lot of people want him to stay there, or the Lakers, and the Lakers could be a possibility. But I'm reading this story today from our our guy Adrian Wojnarowski, who's saying pressure now is mounting on Magic to acquire Kawhi Leonard because basically James needs to see if they're serious. Yeah, right. And he won't say yeah. anything publicly that he wants to go to the Lakers. But if you get Kawhi Leonard. Okay, maybe I'll come and join you. Show me you care. You want to hear some, if I was still doing the gas pump, I'd do this story. You want to hear some fun with math with the Lakers, Buck? From 1948 till 2013, they missed the playoffs a total of five seasons. From 2013 to 2018, they missed the playoffs a total of... Of five seasons, it's unbelievable. It's it's epically and historically bad by their standards. What they're going through right now. And I'm always one of these guys. I like when these teams are good. Right, like, like right. The, the blue blood programs are yeah, good. Yeah, you want them good. I love it. I mean, I like the fact that the Yankees and Red Sox are battling out in the in the AL East right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And or the Cubs are good, or the Dodgers are good. All of them. And then you know, football. You know, the Cowboys and all those other teams. When he's talking about blue blood programs. This is a blue blood program. Like the Lakers have always been great. That five playoff but the misses. Last two years, terrible. Five playoff misses in 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 fifty some odd years, and then five consecutive. Right? It's. I knew they were bad. I didn't realize it had been this long a stretch. This is and Magic's been. You know, Magic's got too much going on, in my opinion. And easy for me to say. Magic's one of the most successful athletes slash businessmen slash people of my lifetime, without yeah. question. 
But I mean, he's he's got the Dodgers. He's got a, a stake in the Sparks. He's got a stake in a huge yeah. insurance and annuity company down there. He's got an awful lot going on. Plus, he's what was he the chairman of the Lakers now or something? He's got a little piece of that. Yeah, I don't know how much though. He really like I think with the Dodgers, he's kind of just like a he's kind of a guy. He's right. not really he's not doing any day to day operations with the Dodgers. It, it's like if if Wilson if they got a team here and he was still with Hanson and, right. and Ballmer right I, I get it's, yeah. it's like that yeah. so he's not like going into like you know Ned Coletti's office and or, or the Dodgers saying hey you know I think we should uh, <laughs> hear my thoughts on Kershaw coming back from injury yeah, I don't think funny, he's doing any of that funny if he was he's the and he's the president of basketball ops for the Lakers so he is doing something there that's a, that's the number one guy in that so, organization so you know he put a lot of pressure kind of I guess on himself and we'll see I mean he says that he'll step down if they don't get anybody next year. The the interesting part about it is one can he land a trade can he land Kawhi Leonard? Why well, I, I have I mean they're they have to give up an awful lot and and remember San Antonio early on was saying we're not going to trade within the Western Conference. However, apparently according to source there with uh, Wojnarowski, they've eased off that that they'll trade him now anywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be an Eastern Conference team. But Leonard wants to go there. He wants to play there from L.A. or from that San Diego area. Wants to mm-hmm. play there. And then the other story. So Paul George is a free agent, has a has an option, and so he can go back. He could go back uh, to Oklahoma City. People feel that he likes Oklahoma City, but you tell me this. You tell me if a player would go through this if they want to remain with their current team, and especially if their current team is Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. He's doing a three part mini series on ESPN right now. Yeah, the first uh, about free agency. First part aired last night. Second part airs tomorrow. Third part will air after he picks where he's going. Mm-hmm. So it's a three-part miniseries on on Paul George, free agency. You tell me. <laughs> I'm just asking if you if you if you're Paul George and his people, you're signing up for a three-part miniseries to at the end of the this miniseries announce you're going back to Oklahoma City. I mean, it depends. I guess what what. You know, what the money level is, what they're paying you to do the series itself. But I get your point. You think there should be some drama in this. The well, drama... I just don't think he's going to announce. It's like when it's like right. I guess when LeBron did the decision. I'm staying. Well, unless Carmelo swung him, say I decided I'm staying because Carmelo's staying. I want my money, <laughs> and I think we'll give it one more try. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, they can't afford these guys. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. I mean, Oklahoma City can't afford these dudes. It's uh, it's just it's a shame to watch that franchise flail away, isn't it? Uh yeah, it's it's just a real bummer. I hope they just burn into the ground in that franchise. <laughs> so that's the very lace. The pressure mounting for them to get Kawhi Leonard, and then the the word is if they can get Kawhi Leonard, maybe LeBron James uh, will come to the LA Lakers. We'll get back to baseball here with the Mariners. A uh, bullpen coach Brian DeLunis is going to join us next. Also in our next segment, we'll have a, a, a conversation with Brian Kenny from the MLB Network. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live on Seattle's original diehard sports station, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Now back to Bucket and the Gas Man. All right, Mariners bullpen coach Brian DeLunis is uh, set to join us here momentarily live from Baltimore. Uh, and then also Brian Kenny, MLB Network, will uh, stop on by. and we'll, we'll chat with Brian and talk a little baseball. It's the comments from his co-worker Harold Reynolds, who uh, was on with Softy last week, saying they are a better team without Robinson Cano. That's not, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's true, but that doesn't mean they're not going to want him in the uh, in, in, in as a weapon in August and September, in my opinion. Can we say they are 
Is there room for debate to say they're a better defensive team without Robinson Cano, but offensively they're better with him? Yeah, and and I think you know what we talked about earlier. If I was the M's, I'd be trying to turn this into a positive and say, look, Robbie, we need to move you to first anyway. Let's let's play some first base down. Let's see, you know, if he can. And it isn't that hard. He's he's a great ball player. He's going to be able to figure out how to play first I don't base. Think so. Uh, so I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would agree with that statement, Puck. I think a better defensive team, maybe that's what Harold meant, but I, I think, you know, the, people are forgetting how much spark he provided offensively, and, and it's been nice that they've been able to overcome this. Well, their offensive numbers, I don't know what their defensive statistics are, mm-hmm. like since he's been out. Yeah. Their offensive numbers, like Team OPS and teams run, yeah. you know, run score, that's been, that's been down mm-hmm. you know, since he left. Yeah. Now the reason they have this great winning streak and this great stretch of games was based in large part well one to the pitching staff. Right. I mean that that was the difference. The difference wasn't because of their offense. Like it would be I guess if like Harold came on with Softy mm-hmm. and said and and made that comment and had they been scoring a run more a game without Cano, right, the right. defense was playing great, but then the offense was great as well. Yeah. All right, then you could kinda like, well, well you know, I maybe I still disagree with it, but the stats back it up that right. they are playing better. Right, exactly. So it's you, you know defensively, yeah. It, but again, you you want superstars and you want guys who have been on the big stage and in the big moment, and and that's you know, and I think Harold knows that. I mean, and he may just be riffing off of what Depoto said, which is there's no guarantee he gets back in the lineup when he comes back. That and too, and I just think that you know maybe somebody like for Harold Reynolds, and maybe he you know he's got real close ties with the organization as well, mm-hmm, right? You know, and I think maybe that's kind of what you're getting at. And I think that you know I think for him is that I think foreign players get upset. Foreign players who are probably clean probably get upset when they see players like this do something like that. When a guy's doing that, I got you. I got you. All right, let's go to Baltimore right now and joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, Mariners first year bullpen coach Brian DeLunas joins us. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, Brian, I I was was telling uh, uh, Gas, who was uh, sitting here uh, to my left, about your background. Uh, in term, before you became the bullpen coach for the Mariners, I was reading this uh, this story that when you got hired, you were the director of pitching development for CSE. It's a, uh, in baseball in St. Louis. Uh, it, it's an organization that's working with pitchers, and you can kind of explain more about, about this and, and kind of the analytic sides of it as well. But I love this quote when you were hired from Jerry Depoto, this quote that was in the release. And uh, in in Depoto, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, Brian. We view Brian as a connector, taking the biomechanical view of a pitcher, connecting with the analytical view. Now, I have no idea what that means, Brian. So you'll have to explain to me what this. What what is a connector? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think it's it, it, for the most part. I think what it is is, you know, I've got a kind of a a, a diverse background in terms of us training guys in the off season, and so whenever we do that. You know, one of the things that we do is have to look at a lot of different areas. We've got to look at analytics. We've got to look at the numbers. Um, you know, what a guy's pitch data says. We've got to look at the, the biomechanical analysis in terms of how he's moving. You know, I've always said that how the body moves is, is ultimately going to tell the story of what the pitch does. Um, and so, you know, for me, I think when Jerry said that, I think it really hit, hit close to home because, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, we've got guys upstairs that, that could do a great job on the numbers side of things. And, um, you know, for me, kind of being able to look and, and, and look at the delivery and, you know, tie those together. I know Jimmy Brower with us uh, works close with, with Joel Furman and 
on the analytics side and, and the number side. And, you know, Mel does an incredible job with the, the pitchers and their mindsets and, and, and how to attack hitters and, and game planning. Um, I can kind of look and take those two and, and morph them together. And, and I think that's ultimately what, uh, what, what Jerry was talking about is, you know, if, if a guy is getting himself into trouble physically, if a ball's not doing what it should be doing, uh, that's kind of where I can come in and, and, and piece those together. So I can have the ability to work with, with Mel and, and Mel can say, okay, well, this guy's not, you know, we, we need to get this out of this pitch. And, and you know, we've got the ability to go down in the, in the bullpen and, and work on that. And then Jimmy can look and say, okay, well, this is the numbers that we're looking at. You know, we're trending in this direction, and, and we can kind of piece that together. So I think that's the, in a nutshell, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to explain, but I think in a nutshell, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, you've completely, we're, we're radio guys. You've baffled us already. But, but <laughs> hey, how, how much of a concern, I'm sure you guys talk about this, how much of a concern is it of not filling a guy's head with too much information? Mm. You know, the, yes. the, the, the analytics, everything is good. This is all, this is a new way baseball is being taught and coached and all that. But do you have to concern yourself with, okay, let's just one step at a time here? No, absolutely, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think for the players' sake, um, they may get, uh, you know, like that 5%, okay? Um, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of the guys, they, they, don't, they don't even want the info. They don't, they don't need the info, and it's, it's you know, they, they, don't, they don't want what the analytics say necessarily. Uh, I think for the most part, that's more for us, and, and that's more for Mel and myself and, and, and Jim and, and us as a staff to, to keep an eye. It's you know, it's a long season, and guys will tend to, um, to to get sideways from time to time. And so the the information for us, you know, just the TrackMan info, for example, can tell you if a guy's arm is dropping. We may be able to kind of eyeball it and see it, but, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. I, I think 20 years ago, uh, you basically had to kind of look and say, well, I think his arm's dropping a little bit, or I think he's, he's, he's doing this. And now with the analytics side, you don't necessarily have to do that. You've got the actual answer right there in front of you. So... As we get those numbers, then it's easy for us to relay that to, to, to Mel or myself and, and say, okay, well, he's doing this, and this is why the pitch is suffering. Now we've got a, a kind of a plan in place, and we can go out to the bullpen and, and get that work in. And like you said, the, the pitcher himself might not ever even know why or, or, or you know, what those numbers said, uh, but it allows us to, to kind of keep a closer eye on things. So, yeah, we – we definitely don't want to, to cloud those. Those guys have enough to worry about just, just as far as, you know, advanced scouting and, and their scouting report and how they're going to attack guys and, and, and get after it with their best stuff. Uh, our job isn't really to complicate that. Our job is to, to make it as easy as possible who, for them. Who devours the most information in the bullpen with that, Brian? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, th- there's some guys who ask. Nicasio's come around quite a bit in terms of, um, you know, like the advanced scouting, um, Bradford will, will, will ask a lot uh, and, and help him. You know, you get guys like Eddie Diaz who have just like uh, elite stuff. And, you know, my job is to ultimately stay out of his way. Your job is not um, to screw him up, Brian. If you yeah, screw him up, you're out of here. All right, Brian. <laughs> That's right. If I screw him up, I'm back in St. Louis pretty quick. So my, my job is to stay out of his way. And, and, and honestly, just kind of keep him focused, make sure he's got his routines and that he stays on his routines. Um, you know, Eddie's a pretty excitable type of guy and, and, and you know, so I'm a I view myself when it comes to him as a calming force. Um, you know, other guys I, I view it as a as a you know, a, a focusing force. It's just you have to know each guy and, and you have to um, kinda understand what each guy wants. You you've got some veteran guys out there like like, you know, Nick Vincent, 
um, then he has a pretty good idea of what he wants to do. And, and you know, from time to time, he'll ask some questions. But um, we don't get too much into the actual analytics with those guys. And, and again, for, for good reason, we don't want to cloud their, you know, their um, their judgment. There's a few guys that may ask a little bit, hey, what about this? What about that? What do my numbers say? You know, but, you know, for the most part, it, it's it's baseball-focused. How much is what you're doing, Brian, in addition to all this other stuff, uh, it involves, in, in your estimation, kind of building a camaraderie among the guys. It's a different part of the team. You know, you're out you're out in your own area watching the game. You got to pick each other up when a guy's struggling. It's really up to you guys to pick him up, not the guys on the bench. How much of that, you know, kind of the artsy part of this job do, do you do with this group? Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, a, a huge percent, maybe 80% or more. Um that was a big thing that that Skipper talked about whenever I came on is that he really wanted to, to you know, me to uh, form an identity and um, and help those guys kind of form an identity and and again my biggest thing since uh, since coming on board is is just to keep reinforcing the idea that we pitch for each other it, it's there's a lot of evidence a lot of science that that shows that when you're playing for someone else you know we'll, we'll tell high school kids all the time college kids find someone to play for and, and I know it's it sounds kind of gimmicky or motivational but the reality is is that people will will go harder, play harder, play more focused, uh, have more to lose if you're playing for something or for someone else. And so it's a, it's a real team um, mentality out there. It's a group mentality. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pass the torch. It's a not let each other down. Um, and, you know, again, it, I think those guys understand it gives them a little bit of freedom of if I don't get the job done today for whatever reason or if I give up a couple hits, somebody's going to come in and have my back and, and, um, you know, again, we just, it's just pass the torch, uh, hand it off to the next guy and, and let's go in and do your job and, and take care of the guy in front of you. And one of the things I'll say is get it clean to the next guy. And, um, you know, so again, I, I think that's huge watch, especially at home, but even on the road, whenever a guy enters the, uh, the, the game from the bullpen, he goes through his warm up process, he gets the call and he's going to the game. When when uh, when we're at home, it's really a cool sight. And every time I get a little bit of chills because everybody will come off that bench and will come and kind of line that walkway and they'll, they'll you know, whatever, cheer them on or maybe say something motivational or something, but they're there for their buddy as he walks down that, that long aisle to uh, to go take the field. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of that process. Uh, the Connector is joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, also known as Brian DeLunas. He is the uh, bullpen coach there for the uh, Mariners. Why? Why can you guys get the bullpen cart? Is I mean, there's only like one team that's actually used the bullpen cart, and you guys can use it now. How about we implement that thing, Brian? Come on, hey, I want to see on, these guys come I'm out. I'm on board. I, I yeah, I'm on board. And you know, I, I went back and I looked at the old times with the uh, with the I don't the know boat. if it was like the barge, yeah, the boat, yeah. and uh, yeah, if we can make that happen, I'm a, you got my support 100. percent I don't know the logistics of it of how it would be parked out there or where they would park it. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I saw Fernando Rodney ride the uh, yes. the, uh, the the little Hot Wheel it's in awesome. from uh, in Detroit. I thought it was great. I mean, he's got his feet kicked up and his hat sideways, <laughs> and it just was phenomenal. So yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a big piece of the game that's missing right now. I'd be I'd be on board with that. Uh, Brian, you've done an excellent job so far in your in your very first year as the bullpen coach for the Mariners. Uh, keep it up. Go get them today. Best of luck of the rest of the season. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
There he is. Uh, Brian DeLunis, also known as the connector. The connector. Uh, the uh, first year as a Mariners bullpen coach. The analytics are so such a massive part of the game today. Yeah. Well, it, Especially it's, with him and the bullpen. It's it, unbelievable. It, it must be fun because it just there is an entirely different approach, and yeah. yet there's still some of the old stuff you got to mix in there, but there's a new approach to how you do the game, and and these guys that are figuring it out are having great success, and good for him. A guy who's uh, huge in the analytics, uh, Brian Kenny from the uh, Major League Baseball Network, uh, joins us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, you can watch Brian host uh, MLB Now weekdays, 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific throughout the season. Uh, Brian, first of all, welcome to the show. We just had Brian DeLunis, who is the uh, bullpen coach for the Mariners, and he was going on and on about the, the, the analytics uh, of the sport now, and specifically what they do with the bullpen and the video that they use, uh, but the numbers he he mentioned TrackMan. Uh, people probably know TrackMan basically from golf. Of you know how much how many how much golfers use TrackMan, but he says how that's a huge integral part of what they do in the bullpen. I know you're kind of a numbers guy. How how much has the analytics numbers changed the sport? I had five ten years. Oh my God! I mean, drastically. Um, in just, I mean, it started obviously in valuing players very differently, and specific to what you're talking about, um, that is where the analytics war is now being waged, which is at a very scouty, you know, player level. Uh, the war between the pitcher and the hitter in finding weaknesses, finding pitch sequences. A lot of teams now have pitch designers, uh, in addition to a pitching coach and a full staff, and then there are hitting coaches that get it that's very sophisticated as to what is working or how to attack a weakness or how to play to a strength if you're on the other side. And it's um, you know the Astros have really shown that you know that there there is a lot of gains to be made if you really study your opponents and you study what works for you as a pitching staff. Brian has the talent kept up and what I mean is is that there's this whole new thing and it could maybe be traced to the Moneyball A's era. So, you know, for a while it's going to take, you know, talent a while to catch up. Teams are looking for guys, but there just aren't enough guys to hire. It feels like of late there are more guys as more people educate themselves and kind of grow up in this system. But does the talent needed in the front offices, the analytics people, the the the, the people that look at this stuff, is that lagging behind maybe still a little bit? Oh no, there's a big talent pool there, and you know, I mean, something when I was you know researching my book when and I was interviewing Billy Bean, you know, he spoke about like what a huge talent pool there was once the people in that pool were or had access to Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago that you know a lot of your smarter people out there couldn't get into Major League Baseball. Why? They didn't play Major League Baseball. Right. Well, why does that matter? I mean, sure. I mean, and, and that's Billy Bean saying that. Who played Major League Baseball? I mean, yes, we'd love to have, um, you know, the next uh, Jose Altuve, who's also, a, you know, uh, has a mathematics degree. But how many of those guys are involved? You know, how many guys, <laughs> guys are alive? Um, it doesn't happen. So if you have a, a guy who played, it certainly helps. But there's a, a big talent pool out there of, like, just even look at it this way, of, uh, you know, people who are in college, it could be male or female, that played high-level baseball that also have, uh, you know, degrees and uh, skills uh, either in engineering or mathematics or finance that will just be able to build 
systems for teams to make better decisions. And those people are now flooding into Major League Baseball mm-hmm. because they have access to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Brian Kinney is our host, uh, or is our guest. He is the host on MLB. Uh, you can watch him uh, every single weekday, uh, 1 o'clock p.m. throughout the season. MLB Now is where you can find him. He joins us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Brian, we had uh, uh, our afternoon host, uh, had Harold Reynolds on last week, and Harold, you know, he's a friend of the program, friend of the station. He's been on a bunch, and he and he made a comment about Robinson Cano, and he and he told our afternoon uh, host that he felt that the team is better off without Robinson Cano. They are a better team without Cano uh, in the lineup. I'm not how much you guys have discussed that or aware of that. How how do you evaluate this Mariners team? Do you agree with Harold that they are a better team without Cano? Well, I mean, it can't possibly be, right? I mean, it's not possible, and yet it did happen. So I don't know. It kind of goes back to, like, the Ewing theory, you know, Bill Simmons' theory from, like, 15 years ago that, you know, you get sometimes when your superstar leaves, you actually get better because, you're, you know, the production is more spread out. That said... Um, I don't know how they got better except by taking D. Gordon out of center field, and that's a defensive liability, and then putting him at second base where he's an asset. But that said, there's still things you can do with Cano and that elite bat. I mean, he's still, you know, uh, either the best or at worst their third best hitter. So I, I, it's hard to say that. And yet I understand what, what Harold is saying. It did happen, and there were certain things that went into place that still enabled them to be a a very good baseball team, whereas we thought initially, I certainly thought this, okay, the Mariners are kind of hanging by a thread, and once they lost Cano, this is it. It's a death blow, and it did not turn out to be the case. Uh, Indeed, and you know, one of the things they've talked about, they've still got a lot of time left on his deal. One thing they've talked about, Brian, is, uh, and I guess we've talked about it more in the sports radio business, is, you know, it seems obvious they're going to have to switch him over to first base eventually. This would seem to me to be the time to do it, and I'm not saying take Healy out of the lineup, but Try to turn this suspension into a positive and have him ready for next year because it is going to be awful hard to justify putting him back at second base when you see how they look uh, with him uh, out of second base. But I'm with you. You want his bat in the lineup. This seems like a way to accomplish both. I guess so. And yet, I mean, I'm not watching him inning for inning, but his defensive metrics are still positive. So why would you move him when you get so much more of a boost having that bat play a defensive position? Mm-hmm. So I'm about to move him to yeah. first base. Yeah, but he's still a plus defender yeah. at second base. And first base, there are lots of guys who can hit. There's not many guys who can hit and play second base. Now, I know the issue is that, no, but D. Gordon plays second base. But that's an issue that the team brought on itself. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you, on the by and large, lose a real competitive advantage when you take a plus bat, which Cano still is, and you move him from second base to first base. I mean, you do that when he's no longer a league average defensive player, but he's above league average. He's still good, so yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, too, Brian. Like, you get caught up in the numbers and then also just, like, watch him play. Right, anecdotally, and yeah. And it's the one thing is, like, when you watch, when you just kind of watch him play, and, you know, we that's, you know, what we do every day, just, you know, sit there and watch these guys day in and day out. But, like, when you watch him kind of play, like, I think most people would agree here that watching Gordon play, he they appear to be a better de- they're a defensive team with him playing second base because it's not only like D playing second, but it's it's what it's what and you mentioned it before. It's taking him out of center field and putting a guy in like Heredia in, in center field who's a much better defensive center fielder than Gordon. So, you know, I'd go back to full circle here with with Reynolds' comments that I agree defensively they're better off, but I 
offensively, you know, they're, I think, a half run, almost a run less, I think, with Cano since he's been out. Offensively, they're not better off without Cano. So I guess it's one of those weird situations, I think, both for DePoto and Scott Service, how they're going to use him moving forward. Yeah, no, it's difficult. And I'm not discounting that maybe we just always, and this is one of these big baseball questions, do we still underrate defense? Right. You know, you just pointed out, you put Heredia out there, and uh, I know we had Dave Sims on uh, MLB Now like a week or two ago when the Mariners were coming here through New York and played the Yankees, and, you know, he, one of the first things he said was, you know, outfield defense is outstanding. So, you know, I'm not discounting that. Look, we just saw it a few years ago when you have uh, across-the-board outstanding defense in the outfield with the Kansas City Royals, well, it's pretty impressive. It really does save runs, and yet I know we pay lip service to that and then get me the best hitters out there. Right. That's what you do. So, yeah, I'm not discounting that. You know, actually, even though I'm saying Cano is still a plus defender at second, you have to keep him there, that maybe the actual effect is you're a better baseball team being better defensively and moving Cano over. Hey, Brian, can you, uh, before we wrap it up, can you do us a favor? Actually, just do me a favor. Um at some point, and maybe you've done this already on the MLB Network, because when I we found out that you were coming on today, I just went down the rabbit hole on YouTube. Can you get Floyd Mayweather on MLB now and just have him on so you two can have one la- another interview? I mean, I don't know if he knows much about baseball, but that really doesn't matter. I just want to hear you and watch you interview him one more time because it's priceless. Wow, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, we should try to put that together. Like he's, he's retired, he shouldn't be too busy. He's, he's promoting and that sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, we we could bring it up. And you know, all we need is he can proclaim himself as number one pound for pound all time, and then it's on. That's you know, what we're I'm back on about. for 17 minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's great stuff. <laughs> Brian, great stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll watch you later today, 1 o'clock on MLB Network. Thanks for coming on. All right. Take care, fellas. Thanks, uh, Brian. Uh, Brian Kenny, host of MLB Now. Again, 1 o'clock uh, Pacific. You watch it there on the MLB Network. Yeah, you want to get in a rabbit hole and, and laugh. 17 minutes of fun audio or fun video. Uh, watch his interview with Floyd Mayweather uh, Jr. And Brian Kenny, it's it's priceless. And you can pick up. He's got a book too called yeah. "Ahead of the Curve." It's been out for a while, and uh, and you know I, I like. Well, here, here it is, right? There you go. Mentioning those books. Books are good for you. They can, I was looking for the bell. I the, couldn't find it. You had it. They can learn you stuff if you get a book called "Ahead of the Curve." He's on Twitter too at Mister Brian Kenny. Uh, we're going to get a uh, World Cup update next, and also a uh, Sounders recap. We didn't do a Sounders preview yesterday because we were over at uh, Tumble Creek. At the Russell Wilson Invitational, and so we didn't uh, we didn't get uh, informed in a preview of what was happening on the uh, Sounders Weekly Show last night. But Jackson's here. He says he's got breaking news on the Sounders that you can't get anywhere else. He will inform you of that next. This now live in Seattle sports and the greatest fans in the world on Seattle's original diehard sports station sports radio 950 KJR now back to bucket and the gas man all right we are at uh, what half right uh, Brazil leads Serbia one nothing and then what Switzerland's on top of uh, Costa Rica one nothing all right to calm Croatia <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. It's there we go. Right now. So chalk. what do we need? What does Gas need again? Well, right now, he would need a comeback right now from, from Serbia over Brazil, which in Brazil is pretty no, much had control that. of this no, game. No, 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 so. no, no, no. Brazil leads Serbia. No, I'm saying, so what, what do you want to have happen? Because no, you were reading no, against I want them, Brazil. Right? No, no, I asked I you, what, I'm sorry. Win. I asked yeah. you, what does Gas need? What is, gas just needs everything to stay the same. Yeah, there everything's fine. Gas, gas needs it to be perfect. Thursday, so, so it's a, Zeke's Pizza Day. You're in, oh, I, I already ordered it. I ordered it already. Good. Oh, it's a good one. We got a nice, good, a nice, good pizza coming in. All right, all right, Jackson. What was the big breaking news 
uh, yesterday on the uh, fabulous uh, Sounder show. Yeah, so... Oh. What was it? What? Oh, you're playing that Sounder. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Did you get dropped on your head? Well, I, thought, I, I thought I was playing that because I brought up. Are a, you? Are you hanging out with Diego? Uh, maybe no. I, I thought I brought up a but. I brought up a button bar, uh, which is this board here, this uh, that controls all the audio, and, and uh, just, you played that. Get, get so. to the news last night on the all Sounders. Right. All right, oh, so uh, uh, frantic Jackson fell. me out for a minute there. Right. Uh, so Garth Michael, start over, Jackson. Breaking Jackson, news. what's the breaking news? Oh, Sounders breaking news. Sounders breaking news. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so Garth Lagoy, Sounders general manager and president of soccer, uh, not my co-host, but he just joined me every single Tuesday evening. That's a co-host again. If he joins you every week, he's a co-host. He's a weekly guest. He's a weekly guest. You got to get to the news. You're killing us here with the I'm with setting the meandering it up. off. I'm setting it up. Hold on, one more time. Let's get to it. All right, Jackson. Breaking news. Sounders. Jackson Phelps. What did Hey. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to play the audio. It's a collective effort, and we're working on it, and I'm actually cautiously optimistic that uh, we may have something, uh, as, you know, maybe as soon as this week. Um, and, but we're going to keep working, uh, but I, I feel confident at the very least that we'll have something before uh, before July 10, before the window opens, and uh, that way hopefully we can get things lined up with, with visas and with, with things like that that um, maybe make them uh, hopefully get them eligible uh, at the front end of the window. So there's a couple pieces of news there. The first, well, piece the of- first big, we know what the first, the the biggest piece of news in that whole thing is gas. What's that? Play it again, because I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. It's a collective effort, and we're working on it. And I'm actually cautiously optimistic that uh, we may have something, uh, as, you know, maybe as soon as this week. Um, and but we're going to keep working. Uh, but I, I feel confident at the very least that we'll have something before. Uh, before July 10, before the window opens, and uh, that way, hopefully, we can get things lined up with with visas and with, okay, with things did you like hear, that. Did you hear? He pulled the softy though. Ooh. Oh, the oh, yeah. I, I, just, I did yeah. that. Ooh. Like, I did that personally ooh. right now here in ooh. real time. Anyway, there was, a, there was a ooh in the interview. So, ooh. so he got excited. That's what I just did here. You got excited. Ooh, I had my mic on. <laughs> anyway, uh, like somebody goosed him. So the first part of that interview, the first piece of breaking news, is the fact that they're looking to announce something possibly even this week, which makes it even more likely being next week. And from all indications and nothing confirmed, because I followed up with a question of, can you say any more about who that is, what it is, what type of player it is? Couldn't say anything about that. But because we know the World Cup group stage is ending, that means Peru is out. They are heavily linked to Raul Ruiz Diaz, who is a Peruvian forward on their national team. It would make sense that with the group stage ending, they would be ready to announce and bring in this Peruvian forward. He is a fast player. He has 20 goals per season in Liga MX, a better league than MLS. So this immediately helps the Sounders attack. It also could be another player, though. They were linked yesterday with somebody in the French First League, League One. His name is Giannis Salaber. He's a right winger with uh, Guingamp, I want to say, is is the team's name. Uh, He's a productive player as well, uh, a wing player, fast so it could be that type of a player, but Sounders being linked with attacking players is exactly where we saw this team going. The other piece of news was that this would come in the early part of the transfer window, which opens on July 10th. Getting a guy in here early so that right when he's here, all the visas are done, he can start playing immediately is the top priority of this team right now, and it looks like they're going forward with that. But, I, mean, I mean, to a certain extent, though, the, the last part there, it's exciting, but they kind of, they, they're A, they have to do something, and yes. B, the quicker the better... 
So this kind yeah. of follows logic that, yeah, that this I'm, is something they'd want to get done as quick as they can. It is, it is. But just to see that they're following through with that and, mm-hmm. and they're getting guys, they they're have a plan to get somebody in here, at least with the case of Rui Diaz, bef- right when it opens up, he's ready to go. That's what you want, and that's what they're doing. Right. Sounders Weekly, every single Tuesday with our guy uh, Jackson Feltz. When he interviews his co-host, every single week you get a, ooh, <laughs> there in the background. Uh, so uh, you can if you missed the show last night, you can podcast it up at Sports Radio, uh, KJR.com. Who do they got this week? This week oh, it's it is Portland, Portland right? Ooh. Saturday, uh, one thirty kickoff, one o'clock pregame here on KJR. It's go. a derby. Do you? Uh, is do it you, here or there? It's here. Okay. Do you, do you yeah. buy that this is a must win? Yes, I mean, at absolutely. some point you got to start winning, right? The, today, this this Saturday is a must win. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, all right. Sounders and Portland coming up this week. Jackson will be having the pregame for you one o'clock right here on nine fifty. KJ, our lunch with listeners is coming up next. Recap the top stories of the day, but Neil Scott. Shirts off. Headlines five minutes away.